Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, I'm Sophie Ellis-Bexter and welcome to Spinning Plates, the podcast where I speak to busy working women who also happen to be mothers about how they make it work. I'm a singer and I've released seven albums in between having my five sons aged 16 months to 16 years, so I spin a few plates myself. Being a mother can be the most amazing thing, but can also be hard to find time for yourself and your own ambitions. I want to be a bit nosy and see how other people balance everything. Welcome to Spinning Plates. Hey guys, greetings from a surprisingly blue skied day. It's, um, golly, what the hell day is it? It's Thursday. Uh, I've just done my first three dates of the tour, but actually it's also the end of a six day run of pretty solid work. We did two days rehearsal, Friday, Saturday, then on Sunday, we did a gig in Homforth up in Yorkshire as a sort of rehearsal gig. Then first night of the tour was Monday in Birmingham. Then Bexhill and last night, Bath. And today, day off, so I'm just walking back from school run. I got off the tour bus at eight. And then I got out of the house with the kids at half past eight. Dropped the primary and the nursery and now, oh, my little feet... My feet are sore. I need a little rest. Um, I'm looking forward to doing not very much today. Uh, I need a little rest so that I'm fit and well for Warrington tomorrow, Sheffield on Saturday. Uh, I'm just onwards, really. Uh, we've got 14 dates ahead, but the first three shows have been actually amazing. Really, really good. So I'm feeling really excited. It's been lovely in the crowds. I was just thinking about it on the way home, thinking, can I remember doing gigs with my first band where we'd be performing while they were still opening up the venue and stapling T-shirts to the merchandise board and basically no one was there. So it's not lost on me 
you know, over 20, how many years is it now? 25 years later, and got these lovely crowds. That's a nice feeling. Anyway, um, hope everything's all right in your world. It's, uh, I hope you guys are finding a way to cope with all the stuff in the news. Sorry to talk about it, but it would feel weird not to, wouldn't it? It's so, it's so intense. It's so awful. Uh, yeah, nothing much more to be said there, really. It's just so awful. Um, anyway, I keep, sorry, it's a bit noisier, isn't it? I keep seeing messages from people online saying, you know, it just makes you feel very lucky to be under a blue sky, breathing fresh air, doing what you want to do, looking at the flowers, listening to the birds, all that sort of stuff. And it is true. As I walk back, I can see magnolias, I can see blossom. I think spring is on its way, people. That always makes me feel a bit optimistic. And uh, this is the last podcast episode of the series. Another varied series. You can't say I'm not eclectic on this. Um, And I'm finishing with a really lovely chat talking to Becky, Becky Unthank, who is part of the band The Unthanks that she formed initially with her sister. Um, And they are a folk folk band and they've got beautiful voices. And I'm not sure if we spoke about it in our chats, but I met Becky because she came and sang at my stepdad John's memorial. And... It was so beautiful when she performed and she had to look out to a sea of people who started crying pretty much immediately and she really held together and she's just a very lovely, calm, got a very lovely outlook on life and I I always wanted to finish the series with this chat because when I recorded it I felt like it was like a... Uh, audio that is a noisy car an audio cup of tea you know it's just cozy and reassuring and nice I love talking to her it was really lovely she was uh, she was not near me she was up sort of Newcastle way when we spoke um, up in the rolling countryside and it was a beautiful sunny day when we spoke then too so you know a lot of sunshine in this one and I hope it's uh, Makes you feel as cosy as it did me. And I will see you on the other side. Right on, see you there. Yeah, that's quite a good place to start. So at the moment you're putting together this online festival. When is it live then? It's happening this weekend. Ah, cool. That's nice timing. 23rd, 24th, yeah. So this was something, yeah. did you, was it the first time last year? It was the first time we did it, yeah. So usually in the winter, uh, we run singing weekends in on the Northumberland coast. So we've done it for, well, this would have been the 12th year, but we did it for 10 years before, before the pandemic. And uh, we started off with one um, 10, 12 years ago, um, just as a way of kind of doing something in the winter to earn some money and to like, we saw, we missed we were touring a lot and we were missing um, 
singing with people, with like in a pub or in a group of people. And um, so we started running these singing weekends and we uh, cook for everyone. We'll, we'll stay in a bunkhouse. Well, we stay in a cottage. They stay in a bunkhouse. <laughs> and we yeah, do workshops. Some, some stamps. Some luxuries. <laughs> some luxuries, um, yeah. So we all kind of cram in a room together and teach, we teach them harmony singing and chorus singing and we go on the beach and we do a concert and it's, so it's like it's just grown to be over the years we've done more and more and it's just grown to be such a part of our winter yeah and we see the same people each year some new people and um we've not been able to do that because of the pandemic so we thought well we need to do something to just like engage with people and yes. to put something out there and get something back so we came up with this idea of having this online festival which which we've called the winter onliner just because we didn't know what to call it really <laughs> um so that's been it's been nice actually i'm looking forward to it now now i've done a yeah. lot of the like technical bits and when you say we doing the um the singing group in the winter is that you and your sister or all of the band like is adrian there too and yeah most of the band so me and my sister teach the singing and make the crumble and uh, <laughs> uh, Adrian does most of the cooking and with the help of Neafa, our fiddle player and Chris, our guitar player. So we all, and then sometimes various other band members turn up and help and we're <laughs> like, can you come and help us for the, for the weekend? And my mum helps and my dad helps and my mum's partner helps like, because wow. my dad sings as well and my mum's partner. Jim, they sing in a group together, my dad and Jim. Really? Um, yeah, I know, weird. That's cool. cool. I mean, <laughs> impressive. I can't. They've always <laughs> sang in a group together. And then my mum and dad broke up and then a bit of time passed and then Jim and my mum got together. Anyway, years later, one big happy family. Wow. And, uh, oh, the true they... meaning of harmony in every sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're just, they're so helpful because mm. they're lovely and they know loads about folk songs. Mm. But they also, they've got big voices. So we go, we go along the beach and we sing on the beach and then we go to the pub and we have a big singing session. But... I just have a small voice and I get excited, sing a loud song and then that's it, my voice is wrecked. So my dad and Jim are there to like carry that bit of it. Oh, well, you know what, that's actually quite reassuring for me to hear you say that about your voice because I have exactly the same thing. And, um, oh, really? Yeah, and it's, it's always been something that I've kind of been a bit sort of secretive about really because I felt like, you know, if I was like really good at knowing how to look after my voice, that would never happen to me. But yeah, I, um, <clears throat> I can... If I'm able to be quite controlled, so like using in ears when I sing live is beautiful because I can have real like clarity in what my mix and hear everything. But if I'm just with the band and really sort of trying to kind of almost match it, you know, sound for sound, like drink for drink, I just it, it will it won't last more than one night probably, and then yeah. a lot of my top notes will be gone and that kind of thing. Oh, I can totally relate to that. It's it's really it's a bit stressful actually, isn't it? Because it's it just is. it's. The, it's just having like a fragile kind of instrument that's like the the thing that you need to do what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've learned over the years just to kind of calm down a bit and not shout ever and um, yeah, sleep and do those kind of boring things are the best Definitely. for my voice because it's just, oh, there's nothing 
more soul destroying than being on stage and not being able to do what you want to do. I know it's so true. It like, affects every part of you. You feel so vulnerable, and uh, you, you, when you can sing and your voice is in good health, it's just a joy. You think, God, aren't I lucky that I'm going to spend this evening? I'll just thing even if I start a gig and it's not the gig I want it to be or maybe the mood's a bit odd or it might be like an odd environment or some you know strange place I'm singing but if I can just think no I'm just going to enjoy singing for singing sake it's really lovely but when your voice is a bit damaged and a bit vulnerable just the whole thing of it is just like just gonna get through it and um, you feel like everybody can tell by the look in your eye that that's how you're feeling and actually yeah like you I've realized that um the worst culprit actually is pushing to be to talk over loud music um and you know so like if you've done a gig and then you want to go out to a pub or you want to go out to you know dance somewhere and you're sort of singing along or you're trying to talk over over the music and then it's like yeah. <laughs> next morning do you do that it's, thing when you test it in the morning as soon as you wake up like, oh, oh just ch- check it's there <laughs> No, I don't think so. I don't. I don't know. I just. just I think I'm. I'm a denier. I'm like. <laughs> I wake up and I'm like. Oh, by the time I get on stage, I'll be fine if I just keep singing mm. and like humming to myself. But I know what you mean. Like, tr- like I love going out and drinking after gigs. It's so fun. <laughs> I love talking to people, but I have to measure myself when I'm on tour. Now I'm. Now I'm in my th- late thirties. Um, you know, becoming. Yeah a bit more sensible well we'll see i'm about to go on tour in the spring <laughs> oh so there you go um, after a long time not touring so my mum calls it doctor theater by the way that thing of getting on stage and then just like actually do feel better normally that worry kind yeah. of goes the adrenaline as well kind of kicks in oh doctor theater, doctor theater. <laughs> yeah. we sort of joke about that quite a lot like if richard and i are feeling a bit off with something he'd be like don't worry doctor theater <laughs> Oh, <laughs> he'll see you right. Um, Absolutely, yeah. It's like rising to the occasion, isn't it? It's like right, okay. Yeah, now's the time to pull it together. Exactly, showbiz. Um, <laughs> so, when you were talking about your family, I'd like to talk about that actually, because yeah, is it right that both your parents sang around the place all the time, and that your mum was in a choir and your dad was in a folk band? Is that right? Yeah. So they are just that they've never performed. Um, you know they're not professional musicians but they've always just loved music and loved singing and they got into folk music in the 60s and met in a folk club and um, took us to festivals all all summer every summer when we were kids that was our holidays we'd camp at folk festivals and um, yeah my mum just loves singing in groups she doesn't want to sing on her own which is I can t- I can relate to actually. It took me a while to want to sing on my own, um, so she loves singing in choirs, and my dad sings in a in a folk group. But they they always taught us songs in the car and at family parties. Like everyone had to have a party piece, um, so we were just always encouraged to sing. It was never like you you had to be good. It just everyone sang. I think it's a bit like that in the folk world though. It's like the line between performer and audience member is a fine line. Mm. Everyone's just there and um, you know, everyone it's not like I don't know, it's just quite inclusive in that way, I suppose. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. And I think as well the the emphasis is so much on the story in the song. The really the, the it's not really about who's the best singer, but about engaging the listener. And then also everybody else has to be really good at listening in. 
And um, I once stumbled by accident into the middle of a, a folk session. And it was like a, we were in a pub in Ireland and we went into a back room. And it was very, very quiet in there. And there was someone singing in the corner. And then once she'd finished, someone else just stood up in another corner and started singing. And it just went round like that. And the room was silent apart from these lone voices. And sometimes there were a couple of people who sang in twos or threes. And it was really magical. And I, I wasn't yeah. really supposed to be there, but I sort of <laughs> completely captivated. And I was thinking about that a lot when I was, I knew I was going to talk to you because I think that's what's so appealing about folk is the the passing on of the stories and telling mm. them and passing them down through generations. And I thought now that you're a mother, is that sort of more significant, that idea of like the lineage of the music? I think I think the whole... I mean, yeah, I, I definitely have consciously thought about what I enjoyed about my childhood and how I want my little boy, Ren, to experience some of those things. I think, I, I mean, I would, I think, like, singing stories or telling stories is such a nice way to digest information. So, like, you know, big subjects like, I don't know, just like all the big stuff in life that is hard to talk about. Um, I, I suppose love and loss and big changes in your life and um, to, to, to hear, learn about those through song and stories. It, it gives it, I don't know, it's a bit less harsh maybe. You can, it can seep into your mind in a, in, in a different way. Of I think it's a nice way to learn and... Um, I certainly have really, I really enjoyed when I was a kid and I think it's helped me as a grown-up um, being around people of uh, different generations and it not being like, okay, that's the grown-up area, that's the kids' area. Like, I feel like it, the folk festivals I went to, everyone was sort of equal. I mean, that's an extreme way to say it. I'm sure not everybody felt like that. But um, but it did feel like I could have a conversation with an adult and they would treat me, like, with respect. And we were all in it together. We were all, like, sharing that music together. And um, I really like that. I've never been, like, afraid to... I've never been intimidated by grown-ups, mm. I think, because when I was younger, I feel like a teenager now, <laughs> thinking of my teenage self. <laughs> you know, I wasn't intimidated to talk to teachers or to grown-ups, and, and I feel like that's given me a, a confidence. Yeah, well, that's actually a really amazing thing. And I think it's funny because um, you're a little bit younger than me, but the way you're, what you're describing almost sounds like it's part of a different era in a way, or like somewhere you'd get in somewhere that's a you know, like a very sort of village community, you know, where there's not really any outside um, influences. So everybody is sort of, yeah, giving that authority and that space to each new voice that comes along. Um, yeah. But that ability, as you say, to talk to different generations and feel like you're being heard as a kid, it's actually a really immense thing. That's not a little thing at all, is it? It's quite a big power, that. To know that your yeah. words have impact and your song has impact. I think that's something that I'm already, like, want to feel um that that I'm giving to Ren I don't know I, I'm sure I'm sure I'll mess him up in all sorts of ways but you know that's a good start isn't it <laughs> <laughs> I think good intentions is what we're aiming for really it's like yeah there's basically no way to not screw up and I think once I mean, like you know that's like a broad thing to say but I think once you sort of get your head around that 
um, that just doing your best is all you can do. That's actually like, it takes a lot of the pressure off because there isn't really a, the whole idea of there being like sort of perfect way to do it is complete myth. Um, yeah. And you could be it feels doing... feels like an experiment. Yes. And then you could be doing things in the sort of what you imagine to be a perfect way, but then you realise that you screwed up because you haven't modelled failure. So, you know, <laughs> you've got to kind of be all things to all people and also just be a human being in the middle of it, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so Ren, is he's the same. It's such a lovely name, Ren. And he's he's the same age as my little one, I think. Because so, so, Mickey's just turned three. And Ren, is is he three? Ren, he was three in September, yeah. Ah, I think it's such a great age, three. It's like, objectively, like, potentially my favourite age, I think. Oh, is it? Yeah, because they're like able to chat to you about stuff but they are completely unencumbered by common sense or rules so it's like being with someone who's like completely out of their box all the time in quite a good way (laughs) (laughs) it is lovely I am loving it as well like I feel like he changes every couple of weeks it's like you're a new person (laughs) this is cool this is exciting and just like yeah hearing his ideas he's like mom I've got an idea all the time I'm like oh yes oh that's one yeah having their own imagination and their own ideas their own authority about stuff is really like an endless joy I think just that freedom of their thought and you're like wow you've had just had your own complete your own take on something and we and now you're going to share it with me it's lovely um, I'm already like projecting into the future and thinking about how when he's older and he just won't even like ring me or you know <laughs> you know because he's off not because he doesn't like me but because he's off living his life and I'm so I'm like treasuring him already like yeah well also I think some kids give off that vibe more than others I know like my second kit he's about to be 13 he must have been about let's say five or six and I said to him will you look after me when I'm older and he said yes but only for a day or two <laughs> just, I've always had this feeling he's just going to be off like I will sort of see him occasionally but the other day he was um filling up a disposable camera with um some pictures and he said I'm taking a picture of everything I think I'll miss when I'm older and he took a picture wow. of his brother and I said why are you taking a picture of him you're gonna see him he went yeah but come on in the future only Christmases <laughs> and birthdays maximum <laughs> Wow. Yeah. He's got a strong idea. <laughs> Very strong. What his life's going to be like. Yeah. Pro- you're probably not going to be part of it. I'll <laughs> see you at Christmas. You're just on the side. You're just like, you know, <laughs> I'll just see you occasionally when I really need to. Um, they're not all like that. They're not all like that. I think it's like everybody's got their own version of it and their own degree of wanderlust and what makes them happy in terms of how much time they spend with their family. But judging from the family you come from, it wouldn't surprise me if he stays really quite. Quite well connected, I would imagine. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see. He's his own person, so... So what are your it's... earliest memories of singing then and music? You're saying about car journeys and things like that and folk festivals. Well, so I sing in a band with my sister and uh, there's seven and a half years between gap between us. She's older than me. So Is there anyone in the middle of you two? A brother. Okay. Who's a year younger than my sister, Rachel. Um, and... So, yeah, me and Rachel always sang together when I was little. And I suppose it doesn't feel like such a big big age gap now, but when we were little, I was her, you know, a tiny little baby yeah, sister. It's quite a big gap, I think, seven years. Mm. And um, and I never wanted to sing on my own. I only wanted to sing with her. And even when we got to, like, I remember some of our first gigs together, she would get quieter so that I would 
so people could hear me and I would just get quieter. <laughs> I've come a long way since then, but I was just, you know, I didn't want people to hear me. I just wanted to sing with her. It sounds so cheesy. I just wanted to sing with my sister. But, like, singing in harmony is just the most pleasurable thing I could ever imagine. Um, you know, when I was just talking to my dad about it last night because we were we were trying to sing a song together in harmony. Um, but my dad struggles to stay on the tune if somebody's singing harmony. He just like wavers to the tune and they're saying, yeah, but you just do it and you, you sing it and you sing it and you sing it and then you get to that point where you just, you're just in it and you can hear all of the other parts around you and it's just the most wonderful feeling. I don't know if you do much harmony singing, but I just love doing it. And, that um, sounds magical. I don't think I've done, I've, I've only really, no, you know, I don't do much harmony singing. I've done, I've done it obviously where I sing my BVs and stuff like that when I'm in the studio. But actually, I think I'm a little bit more like your dad, potentially. I think if I do have harmony singing live, like if I'm doing a duet with someone, I think I get a bit worried about being able to stay on what I'm doing. But then maybe, as you say, it's just not enough experience of it. It's just like anything. It's just like, I think it's just the more you do it, the more you th that you get good at it. And um, But when yeah, you're just so saying I'm... when you're really lost in it, you're not just thinking about the other vocals, but everything as well, all the music and everything. So is that how you hear it when you're in the midst of it? I think, like, I'd say, so me, Rachel and Neatha in our band did an unaccompanied tour, mm -hmm. just the three of us, um, no musicians. Oh, wow. And I'd say for the first three nights, I didn't even listen to what they were singing. I, I blocked them out so that I could do <laughs> my, you know, I could hear the rhythm, the words, but I wasn't hearing their notes. I was singing my notes. And then by the fourth and fifth gig, and by the end of the tour, I could, it's just like, I can, my part, my singing part is just, it just comes out of me. I can mm. just do it. It's like a muscle memory. And then I can hear their parts and just the blend of it all. And it's, I don't, I don't know how it sounds like I'm like having some sort of existential experience. It's like, it is an amazing experience to, to, to be in such close harmony mm. with just voices and, and just kind of be swimming in it. Yeah, it makes me think it's almost quite uh, transcendental. Like you're kind of like something's resonating within you that's like a very, um, like a very sort of pure part of who we are. Just to get to be part of something like that, to be yeah. sort of swimming alongside these other notes and it just sitting in there. I mean, it sounds yeah. incredible, really. And that that tour must have been amazing. It was. It was really, really nice, particularly because I had a seven-month-old baby. Ah, so this is what you did just after Ren. And and Neatha in our band also had a seven-month-old baby. We had babies a week apart. Oh, my goodness. So we took the babies on tour. That is adorable. And also um, very, very wholesome <laughs> and lovely. Was, yeah. <laughs> so you come off stage and great. find your little seven-month-old bubba's waiting for you. Sometimes. But I have a, a very capable boyfriend <laughs> who also came on tour with me who's just like really confident about being a dad and it's just like it's fine I'll I'll take him off so he was very independent with him and he'd like you know I'd express milk and he'd take a bottle to the um to the hotel and I got to go on stage with clean clothes on yes and just like stand still for an hour and sing it was like a huge like break from having a baby you know 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Well, I was going to ask you, so what was happening in your life when you, when you had him? What sort of stage, what was happening before that? Were you always planning to do that tour and then it just happened that you got pregnant and then your baby was there? Or was it something you planned after you'd had your baby? We planned, the tour was actually planned for when we were due, me and Nia, we were both due, so we had to put the tour off. So we'd already planned. I think we'd just done it, because um, usually we're, we have a 10-piece band, but we'd just done... A project with an orchestra and so we're like what else should we do um let's do something really different and uh, in scale and singing in harmony unaccompanied is how me and my sister started off so before we had a band we just we'd sing at festivals and folk, folk gigs um just the two of us and um, so that's how we started off so we're like oh we always knew we'd do that at some point mm. so we decided to do that and then we had babies, but my sister had already taken babies on tour, so we already knew it was possible to do that. Mm. And yeah. I think it pulled me out of um, things a bit, actually. It was, I do feel, I mean, it, it was tricky at times, and I was tired, but, you know, every mum is, every mum is tired, every new mum is tired. And um, actually, I think it put, dragged me out of myself a bit I remember the first day of the tour um Adrian saying um now we're gonna have to set off at this time um because the tech team need to get there at two or whatever and me going no we can't set off then because that's not when Ren's nap is and then being like well you know we have to change ourselves and I think it pulled me out of myself and made me realize you can do all sorts of things with kids can't you yeah if you have to I mean some it's it was one of those things it it could have gone really wrong I did do another tour this the next a few months later and that was much harder and it's like just sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't but it's exciting to be able to like just pack Pack, especially when they're teeny babies to like bundle them away and do go on adventures I think definitely and I think actually that bit when they're little is actually the bit when they're the most sort of portable 
and it gets much harder when they get older I've found anyway so when they sort of get you know they're moving around and they're a bit more vocal and they're sort of they understand that you know well if you're in a room yeah but there's a door there and through that door what's happening there but when they're tiny they don't know anything other than the place where they find themselves and then they just you know see what's what's there for them to be you know stimulated by in that space and I I did a tour with my last one when he was four months old which is why I said that thing about finishing the gig and finding your baby waiting because that's that was how I did it I'd get on the tour bus and he'd be normally like asleep in his Moses basket and it was I felt incredibly um calm and happy on that tour like it was the most sort of blissful tour I've ever had like not not rock and roll in any shape or form it was just really like as I said before wholesome it's just like I was touring and singing I was with an orchestra so I could sing really Ah. quietly at the beginning and it was all you know harps and strings and then I'd come off and there's this little buffer eating and I was like this is pretty dreamy actually but it also helped me feel like me again and I quite enjoy having those two parts of my head where I can kind Mm -hmm. of bed back into how I like to perform and what I like to chat about on stage and how I like to present myself and then I can go and actually have that side as well like for me it was quite healthy I enjoy getting back into that yeah I mean it it, it's quite it's I don't know you have to kind of make decisions don't you when you have kids you've uh, um, you know this much more than me because you've got so many you've got five kids haven't you (laughs) and then but it's like oh okay I'm a mum now can I still be that other person that I was before I had you and actually I could or do I just you know, decide to dedicate myself to you, which is a wonderful thing to do. And you can do that in moments. But also, I think, I don't know, I think our kids need us to be us. Like, that is a really important thing to show them, isn't it? When As they grow up, that, that you're a person, your own person. And, and I don't know, that you're dynamic and have needs and wants and, like, talents. and Yeah, absolutely. Things. And I don't, I don't know if you do win many prizes later on as well when when they when they're pulling away and they they have their independence and if you're very very invested in everything that they they're doing and you've sort of not left much for yourself I think that can be quite a scary time it's probably a tough time anyway but I think particularly if you haven't given yourself space it doesn't have to mean working in a conventional way but anything that's just as you say like makes you feel like you I think it's healthy Mm. to have that and being a little bit selfish for yourself is a good thing and and also sometimes they kind of go swinging and out of tandem like when your parents were taking you to the folk festivals obviously that was part of what they were doing what they loved so that's their Mm -hmm. passion but then they share it with you and then you can kind of they could have their own fun and also bring you along for the ride and that's all really lovely um and when we were talking before um we started recording you sent me an email saying about your other half and how you it was quite similar to to Richard and I and that you got together quite quickly so what what was that was quite a fast romance was it Yes, yeah. So uh, I was actually married in a, a previous life, or you know, feels like a previous <laughs> life. Uh, and then that didn't feel right anymore. And then I met Ainsley through a project, through a work project, um, when I was singing some songs with the show, um, and he was doing the animation for the show. And and I I met him, and I had actually seen him on TV when I was when I was a teenager. He was on a on a TV show. Um, singing and so I saw I I was like oh oh it's you I used to watch you when I was a teenager and I was thinking Anna used to fancy you but that would be it I'm a grown-up now and you know things have changed that would be 
a silly thing to say, so I never said that. Um, I mean, I've said it now, but uh, <laughs> you've let them know, finally, <laughs> you know. And actually, I, what I didn't feel that I didn't feel what I feel for him now when I met him. I just thought, oh, that's uh, that's funny. I know who you are, and, and um, I just we got on so well, and I just really wanted. I remember I just really wanted to be his friend, and then as I got to know him. Uh, well, I didn't see him for a while, and then we ended up meeting at Edinburgh Festival through friends, and then suddenly it was just like poof, explosion. It was like, right, this is a, you know, this is the thing. This is the intense thing I've been looking for. I think, and um, and then uh, suddenly I was pregnant as well, which was a. Uh, so how, quite intense how when you first after, meet somebody. How fast after the Edinburgh Festival? To, <laughs> how fast after the Edinburgh yeah, Festival? Let's see if it's uh, the same time frame. <laughs> so that was the end of August, and I had Ren the following September. Okay, okay. So probably after you're dating like four months or something. Is that yeah. Like my maths? Something four, like four. that. Okay, yeah. What about you? <clears throat> so my mum, she was three months after meeting my stepdad, they found out they're having my brother. And with oh. me and Richard, we'd known each other before, but then we found out we were having a baby after six weeks, which was quite um, <laughs> quite dramatic. Um, was it stressful? Um, there were lots of things about, lots of stuff that was going on that was stressful, but weirdly, something in the middle of it wasn't really that stressful about the baby. I think in a weird way, it was sort of like, well, of course that's happening as well. <laughs> there was so much going on at the time because mm. we'd been touring together and we got we really became really good friends same sort of thing as you actually I just realized like I always wanted to share things with Richard first and hear what he thought about things so we didn't start dating when for a long time and then when we did we kept it really quiet because we thought we don't really want people being like oh my god you guys are dating now after being in a band together and then when we found out we were having a baby I had to quickly like phone around all my friends <laughs> you know that guy that uh, <laughs> is in my band we just we've been on some dates it's going really well and we're having a baby um but I was also getting myself out of a very stressful previous relationship that had finished but I was still sort of tied in with work things it was just like a lot going on oh and I just released the first single of my second album as well um <laughs> Wow. So it was quite, just quite a lot going on, really. And then when Sonny arrived, he was born quite early. So we'd only been going out for eight months when we had our baby. Um, but you know what? Sometimes you, that kind of thing of everything just kind of going, ah, at the beginning, it sort of forms the bedrock for whatever happens afterwards. And I always liked the fact that we were a sort of family from the get-go. I think that was a nice thing. And then yeah. for the rest of the time, you've got this small person along for the ride. Me and Ainsley always say we're good at the big stuff. It's like... We did something really big first. Yeah. And actually, we, you know, I don't know, you could be with somebody for 10 years and then, like, plan to have a baby. And then, you know, you don't know. You don't know until you're in... I know you can get an idea of whether you've got the same, like, you know, morals and, and like, you know, probably going to have the same parenting views and stuff. But actually, until you get into the thick of it, you don't know how you're gonna get along with it, and um, as sometimes these things are just the right things, aren't they? Mine definitely. You know, I'm so happy with how things turned out, and I just knew as soon as I got, as soon as I was pregnant, I just felt like this connection. 
to my to my um to my baby and I thought right okay I know I kind of know what to do now I mean I'm not saying I know how to be a mum but I just had this feeling of like it being right well that's lovely and sometimes as well there's lots about parenthood new parenthood that's really daunting but when I had Sonny I did feel like this overwhelming feeling of like oh it's that person and he just happens to be a baby when I meet him so I've got to obviously Mm. figure out how to look after and take care of a baby but the kernel of who he was, I just could sort of see that person even from when he was really small, which is quite mm. funny, really. And um, and it actually, there's a lot about how he was really early on that he's still, I mean, he's about to be 18 and he's there's so much of him that has been there. Like, I think of sometimes people a bit like trees, you know, when you get the the lines that are coming out. So, you know, you can see that the ages, you know, you're going through the ages and through seasons, but actually the mm. sort of kernel, like the bit that's at the core of someone has just sort of been there for the whole time. That's so interesting. Like, that, uh, that's really interesting to hear you say that, actually, because I feel like Ren is just Ren. I'm like, you're not, you're not like me. You're not like... I thought, that's what I was surprised about having a child. <laughs> I thought there was, he was just going to be a reflection of me, <laughs> which is maybe, like, really self-involved. But it's like, oh, no, you're just totally you mm. already. Yeah, well, I, spe- I think especially with your first, you're just looking constantly for like the reflections. Like, what do I recognise here? What's oh yes, that's like me. That's like me. And then things emerge, and you're like, eh, that's totally not like me. <laughs> and then you're like, is it you? Is it either like you? You know? And then you're like, oh no, it's just <laughs> totally their own person. Um, and it's really brilliant all that stuff actually. And I think yeah. I remember my dad even saying that when I was a kid, he'd go, "Well, you're a bit your, like your mum and a bit like me, but actually you're mostly just yourself." And I'd, at the time, I would be like. Well, duh. But now I kind of get why he was impressing that on me, but also was quite, you know, joyful about it himself because actually that's yeah. one of the like things that's really exciting. Like, who are you? Yeah. Tell me who you are. <laughs> and how is music involved in Ren's life? I suppose creativity, because if you're the Huff does, I mean, you sent me a link to a beautiful stop frame animation, which mm. I'll I'll actually put the link in the in the blurb for this because I I really thought it was really beautiful. And, um, oh, and I, I thought, say thanks, but I didn't do it. <laughs> it's gorgeous. And I just think as well, what a lovely, so it's a very creative household, not just from the the three of you, but from the concentric circles go heading out as well yeah. with, with the family. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, it's, it's a strange juggle being two self-employed people with a child, but, but I'm enjoying kind of making our own uh, path through that. And at the moment, we live... So just before... We did live in the city. And then just before COVID, like a week before COVID, we moved to the countryside. So whereabouts are you? Where am I speaking to you now? I live in Northumberland. So you're close to where you grew up? Uh, Quite close, yeah. Quite close to where I grew up. I've lived in... I went to uni in Manchester and I lived in Newcastle. And I've always sort of been a city person. But then as soon as I had a baby... I just thought I've got no reason to be in the city. I just, you know, I just rent so I can kind of go and live wherever wherever I want. Let's see what it's like to live in the countryside. And actually, it's re- it was a really good move because, well, partly Ren just gets up in the morning and <laughs> runs around <laughs> for all day. So that's good. But also Ainsley is making a film in the woods at the moment so you have this idea like I'm going to make a film and be outdoors and it's going to be all affected by the light and the seasons and nature and um, a year and a half in he's 
sick of being in the woods <laughs> because it's freezing. Yes. And he's in part of the film. Um, bless him. He's, but, um, yeah, anyway, it's... Um, because we've got some woods just down the road from us, um, we can... Me and Ren are like, make some soup and then we'll go down the road, see what his dad's doing, stop and like sit. It's so cute. They sit on a log and drink soup together and Ren like thinks he's like his dad. And um, so, yeah, I think... That's really sweet. <laughs> it's, it's, nice, it's a nice, it's a nice little, little world for us. Um, I was thinking as well, like the pace of things sounds really nice because if... Ainsley's been doing, I mean, stop frame animation must be something that requires a lot of patience and yeah. consideration and care. Yeah. Um, so Two when you said pages. about the, the, the film in the woods, and I, then I was going to say that must take one. You said a year and a half later. I was thinking, <laughs> um, so, you know, that's, that's real dedication. But also the nature of what you do and folk is also something where you're encouraged to really not rush and just take your time and give it all space and room. And I think, actually, that's something I could really learn from you guys, I expect. I think I'm a little bit too in, in a hurry all the time. It's good just to, to, to take your time and not rush. Well, I know, but... I, well, thanks. But I was thinking about... I was listening to um, to some of your audio book, which I was, I've been loving. Oh, thank you. And, um, <laughs> and I was thinking... in your ear. <laughs> yeah, I, I love all, I love listening to audiobooks. It's great. Yeah, you don't me have too, to actually. make any effort. You <laughs> exactly. just press play. <laughs> and um so yeah, I was listening to you I was listening to you talking about having ideas for like music videos and having ideas for this and having like clear like visions of things. And I think I really lack that. I need to be more decisive and um I don't know if decisive is the word or confident or creative or I don't know what it is, but I feel like I really struggle with stuff like that. So it takes me a while. It's like, right, we've got to make a music video. What's it going to be about? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I think I I could learn some things from you. And, and I really enjoy actually listening to other women, um, whether it's a podcast or, or whatever, um, or just chatting to people. I love to like get ideas from people and go, oh yeah, I want to be a bit more like that. Okay, I'm going to try and try and do that. That's a good idea. I think I I learn in that way just by talking to people or listening. Like it's um I feed off that. So yeah, well actually that's something that <clears throat> resonated with me when we spoke for your um winter online. I, I I remember you saying to me that with listening to things like the podcast you think you know just listening to women have conversations has been something that you've been you were really missing like through lockdown and it's been nice to be able to access that um through mm. things like books and podcasts and I thought actually yeah I think that's been really significant for me as well and um I think it's as you get older it's nice to always keep looking outside yourself to sort of hear the wisdom of how other people do it and what works for them and pick things up and think oh yeah I'd actually quite like to try a bit of that and oh that's an interesting perspective and just kind of continue to sort of look outside myself and think how can I kind of still continue to feel like I'm you know there's momentum in how I'm doing things really mm. um, and with the thing of the ideas for videos and stuff um, I feel like quite often um, bands and, and everything they're, they're like any relationship and 
you know, you need like the dynamic between the people to work. So if there's a gap in the market for someone who's more like one thing or another, then you'll probably grow to fill that space. But actually, if you've got someone in your group or in the dynamic of how you come up with your creative ideas, who's always been quite good at the visuals, you'll probably mm. continue to look to them. It's quite hard to like shift on the dynamic, isn't it? We've all got like the role we play. Mm. And when I got put into my first solo album situation I actually hadn't planned on being a solo artist I come from a band but suddenly it was all like about okay what do you want to do but also I had this record label and they were quite old school and corporate so the only space I could really like try and inject my personality was in visual stuff because you know once the music's done that's the next place where you can like set out your stall and try and articulate yourself so I kind of really went for that because it made sense for me to exploit that really and say like yeah. this is how I mean it to be heard this is how I see myself um mm. and I've always quite enjoyed it as well I think I quite enjoy that stuff but but sometimes in music, you can kind of I don't know sometimes when I'm trying to think of an idea I might just play a song and close my eyes and just sort of think right this is a film this is the opening to a film what what is happening what can I see on the screen like what's the cinema cinema story I mean, you know, mm. some of the ideas I come up with are like really rubbish, but sometimes I can't sit and I think, oh yeah, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I watched your video recently of the um, where you're playing a witch oh, yeah. in the house. Yeah, that is so cool. I love that. Thanks, That's I brilliant. love that. Well, funnily enough, um, that was from my album called Wonderlust. So I'd been making lots and lots of dance music and pop music, and then I went and did what I consider my folk album because. I thought, actually, in dance music and pop music, it's all very heady, and it's especially in dance music, you can't really tell any stories that are reflective. It's all about the here and now, so it's all, you know, lust or love or longing or frustration or whatever it might be, but it's, like, potent in that three minutes, that four minutes. Mm -hmm. But you couldn't start telling a story about anything other. So when I started working with um, Ed Harcourt, who I think think you might have crossed paths with him, I'm not sure, but he... uh, we were writing, we weren't actually even thinking of doing an album. And he said, like, what should we write about? And I was like, I want to write something I would never normally do. So we did this waltz in three time about a witch and her stealing her soul. And I was like, ah, now you can tell stories. And that became like that album. But I thought how nice in your world you get to tell stories. But maybe have you ever thought about doing like, a dance album? Just do something totally different. I mean, I've always had like a dream that like, you know... We, Porter's head will just suddenly decide that they want me to be the singer or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. That would be great. I can totally picture you in that whole musical <laughs> landscape very easily. But um, I don't know. I feel like I'm only just starting to... In my 30s, I'm only just starting to become a bit braver in terms of... I feel like in my 20s, I had to, like, sort of be sure of who I was. And that stopped me from growing or like you know finding out who I was maybe um because of fear whereas I think in my 30s I'm just enjoying learning to be comfortable in my own skin and with that comes the the um like admitting that I don't know everything and that I'm not complete and whole and that's like really freeing definitely and I wonder as well if that partly comes as well with the fact that the unthanks right from the beginning was so critically acclaimed, which is obviously like the holy grail for musicians. You want that thing of, you know, the the critics saying this is this is really wonderful. But with that comes this slight pressure of maintaining that um, surety mm. of step sometimes. 
it's funny because I think that, yeah, when we started out, I loved singing and was thrilled to be doing what I was doing, but I didn't, I wasn't very ambitious because I hadn't really, I don't know, I hadn't really thought about it that much. And I think I didn't feel pressured when we were first a band because I was just doing like the only thing I knew how to do and hadn't thought about the next step. And I didn't also, like, I hadn't trained to be a singer. I never learnt to sing or perform. And I feel like I've learnt over the years. And the more I do it, the more I want. And the more um, and the more um, I reflect on it, I suppose. Which is a shame in a way. I mean, it, it, you reflect. It's good to reflect. It means that I'll get better at it and I'll work on my craft. But it also makes me more self-conscious. And it's just something about being okay I'm a folk singer so does that mean that I have to be a folk singer forever Mm. or does that mean I could sing a different style of music like is that allowed like I suppose it's allowed if I allow myself definitely that's that is definitely the answer I think yeah it's whatever feels right for you completely if you do it because it resonates then it's completely the right thing but I think the nice thing about I suppose the genre that or in as I wonder if it's maybe um it's something that in my mind it's sort of something that celebrates um experience and wisdom so it must help with the path of the idea of being an older folk singer is sort of seen as like completely perfect and lovely like that's not a kind of thing to scare be scared of whereas in I know what you mean. my genre like being an older pop singer is like mm, how are you gonna how are you gonna straddle that <laughs> yeah I was just thinking about that. I was reading about, I don't know why I was reading about Madonna, but I was randomly reading about Madonna this morning. It's hard not to read about Madonna at some point. (laughs) She's still doing what she does. (laughs) Yeah, she's still doing what she does. And she's talking about like, you know, what a a man's world it is and how men are allowed to do this and do this and they're allowed to be all these different things they're allowed to be older and but but are women is we're not I know what you mean it's like uh you know the, the older I get I think you know is this am I going to be a singer forever I think that I could skip to being 80 as a folk singer and it then like that's the that's a good age to be a folk singer isn't it but I don't know about like 50s I don't know what a 50 year old folk singer I don't know where that where I'm gonna fit into that um it's it's just, but yeah. everything's changing isn't it I mean but then maybe that's quite a, that, that's quite an interesting age to pick as for whatever you're doing creatively in a way 50s I don't I don't have an image of that yet I'm sort of just working out no. 40s. I'm going to be 43 in April. Uh-huh. So I'm sort of getting to grips with what this decade means to me, really. Mm-hmm. But yeah, 50s is like, oh, that's a whole other kettle of fish. I haven't really worked that one out yet. Um, I'll just have to figure out when I get there, I think. <laughs> but is there, do you feel like 30s is better than 20s? 100%. Or do you feel like 40s is better than 30s? Um, I really loved my 30s, I have to say. I really, really loved it. Um I think 40s seems to be like a really, I'm enjoying it more than I thought I would. When I first hit 40, I was like, what is that? I don't really have an image in my head. Like I always saw 30s as when you could start to really 
um, reap a little bit of the seeds you've sown in your 20s. Like you sort of can bed in a bit and I felt a bit more sure of myself. But 40s just seems to be a nice thing where I'm trying to be less apologetic about things. And um, yeah, I suppose just trying to keep looking outside myself, I think. Because I do think that 40s can be a time when in your life certain doors might be closing. And it's about how you deal with those those things coming to an end and I've seen in some people where they get a little bit start to get a little bit more calcified and some of them may be um thought thoughts that I don't think are very helpful like it might be like if they're bitter about something or regretful about something and I really don't want that to be part of how I how I continue in my 40s I don't mm. want any of that baggage thanks this doesn't look like much fun and I think if you're not careful it makes you turn into quite a grumpy old person <laughs> oh well it's good to like <laughs> look around and say mm, I don't fancy being that version oh how about that version yeah exactly yeah but luckily I have got a lot of good examples of like older women in my life that are very good adverts for getting older and I've always like I've always quite liked getting older actually I think getting older is pretty cool I think I'm, it benefits I'm enjoying that it yeah it's nice not, and I, I didn't think I, was, I would. No, me like when, you, when you're young, like, it's like when you're a teenager, you think it's the worst thing yeah, that can you happen. Like, I'm sorry for older people. Like, <laughs> yes. oh, I'm sorry. You're, <laughs> I'm sorry you're 38. Oh, oh 43. Ow, that must really be difficult for you. <laughs> you're probably very jealous of my youth. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a terrible thing to say, but like I remember thinking that. Like, oh, it must be awful being you. I know. And then you get older and you're like, you know what? It's totally cool. It's really cool. Brilliant. Yeah, um, and I don't mind if I'm suddenly old enough to be people's mothers. Like that's that's cool with me. <laughs> don't let the kids know. Let them think that they're quite good. That's fine. Well, they, no, they're looking at us now, going, "Oh dear, them too." <laughs> yeah, I've just single-handedly like any uh, under twenty-five demographic I had for the podcast. They just unfollow, delete. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I yeah. don't know. Maybe they will switch on for that was. <laughs> no, but hopefully, it's like a nice thing to think that getting older is like not all bad. Um, no, it's, I think it's a nice feeling, and I think, like you said before, that thing of like a lot of that stress of being younger and worrying about what other people think and all that. I'm just like, I just, I'm determined to like outgrow any any remaining overhangs of that. It's taking a while. I'm someone that's still quite a people pleaser, so. You know, it's like I kind of have to like be better at like not everybody has an opinion about what I do about stuff anyway. So don't worry if you don't leave everybody happy. They might not have been thinking about you in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, I mean, I know you, you know, you got pregnant with Ren fairly quickly, but is it something you always saw on the horizon? Did you like the idea of being a mum? Oh, yeah. Yeah. When, since I was young, I've always, I've always just thought that was the plan and, um, yeah, I always wanted to be a mum. I just think it's um, the most wonderful opportunity that I've ever had in my life, really, to to see a little person grow into a bigger person. It's wonderful. I love the relationship. I'm, um, yeah, I'm quite tactile, and I like having a f like a, a friend, whether it's like. <laughs> at school or on tour or um you know I like having a like a buddy a little partner in crime friend to just hang out with and I love that about Ren being three like we hang out now and it's like oh should we do this together and 
you know, it's, um, yeah. I, I really enjoy that companionship, I suppose. Definitely. Yeah. And um, there's a nice line in um, a movie, Lost in Translation, where he says, Bill Murray's character says about having kids, and he says, you have these kids, and then when they grow up, they turn out to be the nicest people you've ever met. And it really stayed with me. I thought, oh, that's such a nice way of putting it. I, don't know. I think that's I put that beautiful. in my book, actually, because I really liked it. Um, yeah. But that thing of, yeah, the little companion and watching someone grow is pretty magical. And seeing things through their eyes is really, I think for people like us that are lucky enough to have creativity at the heart of what we do, seeing things in that fresh way is really great. But was there ever a part of you that was, I mean, did it affect your voice, actually? I wondered if that's why I didn't want to ask you that. Oh, I don't think so. Did it affect yours? Yeah, weirdly, I got more high notes, which I think is quite unusual, but I, my range oh, got bigger. And that's, that was really, really cool, actually. I was quite happy about that. Because it used to be a bit limited, and then it might be, I suppose it might be coincidental, but I don't think so. It felt like it was related. Um, and there's always a bit after I've had a baby as well, when my voice is really quite thin, but I think that might be because I've had to have operations to have them. I've had C-sections, and it just takes a while to get the strength back, but then after a while, it kind of comes back to normal, but... Um, right yeah it definitely affected my voice I think wow no it didn't I mean that makes me realize that it didn't because I had hearing you talk about that because I yeah I didn't even consider it and did you ever think that you would was it ever a question mark about whether you would continue singing and performing um I mean I have I I have moments where I think should I be is there something else I should be doing should I be doing something that's about where I live? That that's a little niggle in my head that um, that like to be part of a community. Maybe it's my folky my folky festival childhood like um, coming coming back to me. But uh, like, should I? I don't know. Yeah, that's a little niggle in my head. Should I be doing? Would I feel like? Would it feel good to me to contribute something to like my community? But. Um, I suppose community, the word community is like, you know, could be thought of in loads of different ways, couldn't it? And um, Definitely. And you've got um, a community that can, tra- a travelling community is still community, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think I'll always be a singer. And even if it's, you know, me and Mitch will talk about this, me and my sister, we say, whatever happens, we'll always sing together. And that's, that. you know, whether it's... A, a really really small gig (laughs) and it's not very often I think uh, I feel like I'll always do it and for I suppose for as long as I've got appetite for it and ideas and um what we were talking about before about singing different types of music um I've just started to write songs well I've always written them a little bit in private but I've written a song for our new album which feels like a leap <laughs> so that feels like a new world to explore so I'm definitely not giving up just now no that's lovely <laughs> and when is the new album on its way then what's the next thing I don't I don't sure when it's out but it's it should was touring in the spring so cool. hopefully it'll be out around then and I'll get to do that again I can't wait to tour yeah it, I mean I can and I can't it's just it feels like really far away um but you've been touring this year haven't you I've done or last year last year I ended up doing some festivals yeah and um I did a support tour and then I've got my band tour 
um, in just over six weeks. We're going, oh. going on, away for all of March doing a tour, UK tour, which I'm Is I'm that really for a new about. album? No, so this is um, a sort of greatest hits kitchen disco tour. So I'm taking cool. that on the road, which was supposed to happen last year and got postponed to now. Um, but I, it's like a very feel-good gig and um, playing some really lovely venues. So I'm really looking forward to it and just kind of bedding in. I'm looking forward to like just bedding into the tour and just giving myself over to it a little bit and um, focusing because I think the last little while has felt like trying to do lots of different things and sometimes from home and just kind of like lots of things we were like trying to keep the momentum going. So it'd be nice just to go and just do one thing solidly for a month and just be like, I am on tour and that's what I'm doing yeah. now. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it, actually. It's such a great... Do you love touring? I love touring. I do, actually, yeah. I really do. And I'm lucky enough to have Richard's in the band with me. And uh, my brother's playing drums with me again, which he did before, but he's back. And, you know, I've got friends in the the band, so it's like a really nice atmosphere as well. I can really enjoy that. And... uh, and it's fun. I've always really loved it. I like it. And I'm singing some songs I haven't sung for a really long time. So that's quite fun too. Mm. Um, so when in the spring are you going in? Sort of April time? Yeah, April, May. I think April, May, June and July. We're kind of in Lovely. and out of touring time. So oh, I'll be I'll be free. Well, I hope you're coming somewhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Poor Ainsley. <laughs> stuck, stuck looking after Ren. <laughs> Well, you know what, though? it's funny, I had a little wobble just before I went to do some work last week when I was going in the studio and I was away for four nights. And I said to my mum, oh, I feel really bad. The kids are so used to having me around and I've really been liking it as well. And she was like, don't worry, it's what we do and they'll be fine. And I was like, yes, it's what I do and they'll be fine. It's what I do and they'll be fine. And of course they're completely fine. It's just, yeah, it's nice for me to go and actually give myself over to my work rather than trying to squeeze it into all the gaps that happen around everything else. yeah. Yeah, it's it's a totally different experience, isn't it, when you can just focus on that one thing. Yes, exactly. Oh, well, I'll have to come and see you. I'd love to come and see you. I'd love to come, come and see you. Yeah, okay, perfect. We'll do that. And um, and also, I, w- I wish I'd seen that gig when it was just the three voices. So I hope you'd get to do a tour like that again one day, because that sounds really incredible. How did you set the... Did you have something to give you a note at the beginning of things? Or were you just um, doing it... So kind of just have a little pitch pipe. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, so just a note. Um, Did anyone ever talk through it? Or were the people really good at listening? uh, Our audiences are are really good at listening. I I mean, we've done the odd gig. We once had a gig in um, in Sligo in Ireland. And this was years and years ago. And the venue was a really small venue. But it it had double booked with a, uh, a stag do. Um, so yeah, nobody could hear any of the songs that night. But wow. <laughs> these days, generally, mm. everyone is super quiet. Actually, I can send you a, a thing. So the first, um, that first tour we did with with Ren when he was seven months old, and Ainsley came. Ainsley made a film of us, like a, just a documentary film of us singing oh, and touring lovely. with the babies. I'll send you it. It's quite sweet. Yes, please. I think I'd love nice to see memory. that. That's a nice thing. Yeah, it is a nice memory. And then, does, do you ever have you had any of those parties yet? Like the family parties where everybody has to get up and, and sing or do something? Has Ren been part of that yet? Has he been part of it? Uh, 
Well, he got a microphone for Christmas, Did so he? he's definitely getting into the... <laughs> well, you're taking it professionally. It's like... <laughs> and my sister... My sister's he's not much... going to be a quiet singer. He's got amplification. <laughs> he's been, it's attached to Bluetooth, you only, so, you, you know. You only rehearse two or three hours a day, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> he does like singing. My Let's sister's see. great, actually. Um, uh, she's just brilliant with little kids, and she... To- I went away for the weekend <clears> last weekend, first time without... Ren uh, with Ainsley and uh, I got back and she taught him a song they'd done a craft workshop and she taught him they'd all learnt this song it was so sweet wow so yeah he's definitely getting a taste for it oh that's lovely and also she sounds like an <laughs> awesome babysitter and is she free this weekend <laughs> <laughs> hey guys I'm now in the park. Um, I'm watching Jesse playing with a friend. I don't actually know where Ray is right now. Little scan. Ah, it's all right. He's old enough to not run off. The worst thing they do when they're that age is climb up something they can't get down very easily or just something they can get down easily but they look like they can't, so that scares me. But Alan, I've just seen where he's popped out the bottom of a little tower. He's fine. Having a nice little run around. It's actually really nice. It's nice to be in the park. And I hope you enjoyed my chat with Becky. I just um, remember feeling very, very sort of calm and peaceful after I spoke to her. I think I just, I was really impressed by the pace of her life. It sounded like something I could... I don't know, take something from, really. I think I can be a bit too hasty and impatient. I'd like to be a bit slower sometimes. Um, But I also remember those days when I had just had my eldest, my first, and those times spent just sitting with him and playing. And for a little while, our world was quite quite dinky like that. Just spending... I'm not saying Becky's life is dinky. You know what I mean? Those, Those days we just got one child and you're just of on a little time frame with them on those days where you just have lunch together after nursery and it's all very peaceful. I remember being like that with Sunny. It's nice. I think I think now I've had too many kids for that at the moment. <laughs> well, actually, I did have a nice lunch with Mickey today, so maybe those days are not totally gone. Oh, the sun's come out. That's nice. Um, I've put a link in the bio to... Becky's partner Ainsley's um, amazing animation it's really lovely it's only a couple of minutes long and it's really moving I really loved it stayed with me so have a look at that and I won't see you for a little while now it's the end of the series so look after yourselves and I don't know I'm trying to think of something sort of fairly philosophical to say really but I think it's just more of the same. Just take joy where you find it. Take time for yourself. Enjoy having lots of conversations with people you care about. That's what I'm planning on keeping doing to keep my sanity for the moment. And uh, if all else fails, have a little dance to something you love. But in the meantime, please do put your comments below. I do read through every single comment. If there's anyone you'd like me to speak to, for the next series I've got a few lined up already but please 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 let me know because some of my favourite guests have been people that haven't been my suggestion and the other thing you can go and do is uh, go and see a gig 
that's good for the soul. So the Unthanks are on tour in April, and I'm on tour at the moment. And it's really fun, actually. What we've done is brought the whole kitchen disco to life. So I'm actually seeing people and having a disco with them, and it has been really, really good fun. Um, it's exactly what I hoped for. So if that sounds like something that might tickle your fancy, see you there. In the meantime, lots and lots of love. I hope, I hope the blossom is starting to come out wherever you are too. See you soon. Oh, me again. Forgot to say, thank you to Richard for editing everything that I've done uh, with all the podcasts. Thank you to Claire Jones for being the most amazing and supportive producer. And thank you to Ella May for her amazing artwork. That is the podcast family, and I couldn't do it without them. So thank you to them. And of course... Thank you to you for lending me your ears each and every time you come to call. All right, that's enough. See you in a bit. Bye-bye.